Now, for the last couple of days in Cairns, there has been a meeting between traditional owners from all over Australia and the CSIRO. Now, this is probably one of the largest meetings of its kind, taking a look at climate change and the impact on the National First Peoples Gathering. On the phone with me now, I've got Bianca McNair. Now, Bianca is the co-chair for the First Peoples-led Steering Committee and has been working with this, on this for the last two to three years on the phone with me now. So, uh, Bianca, thanks for your time. Thanks very much. Okay, this uh, has been running, this meeting has been running for since Tuesday, I believe, looking at climate change. It's an ongoing thing as we have had the previous gatherings in 2012, 2018. And really, climate change, we are aware of it. How is it impacting the First Nations people, though, when you're taking a look at the land, the ocean the and just everything else? Yeah, I suppose we've been um, talking a lot with all the First Nations people from across Australia here for the last couple of days and into today and tomorrow. Um, and I know a lot of the effects um, happening, you know, from my country, one of the things that we um, are looking at is marine heat waves and the, and the loss of our seagrass um, and how the seagrass actually supports the rest of the biodiversity in our country. So that's a real concern for us. Um, but there's many things, you know, even... Um, Tasmanian mob talking about songlines changing um, because of the movements of birds are uh, changing. They're not doing the normal thing that they would normally be doing. Um, so and how that's affecting their songlines um, and their cultural practices as well. Um, yeah, and even um, in the Torres Strait, you know, um, working on, you know, creating gardens in their own communities so they have access to food um, when those areas are going to be inundated with sea level rise. Um, so, yeah, there's a whole lot of um, very interesting, important um, things going on in the climate change space for our people. Um, and I think the main main thing about that is that, you know, as Aboriginal people, we have the least um, effect on climate change. Um, um, but in our small, remote areas all across the country, we are having to deal with those... We're having to actually deal with the consequences of climate change. Um, so that's something that we're really, you know standing our ground and trying to help and put forward some really good recommendations. Because we have seen climate change basically from the start of the industrial age uh, all those centuries ago, been increasing incrementally now, but the increase is now expanding at an increased rate because, as you said, with the seagrasses, the dugongs and everything else that do survive in those seagrasses, coral bleaching and even the uh, horrendous fires that we have seen, and the droughts, which I think for even for many of the First Nations people, it's coming into a situation that uh, they have not seen in the past. That's right, yeah. I mean, we've, as Aboriginal people um, and traditional owners, we've um, cared for country for thousands, thousands, thousands of years. Um, and then uh, we get to the last 200, 300 years, and things have changed very, very differently. Um, and different patterns, different um, things we're seeing on country. So um, trying to support even our Aboriginal ranger programs, our elders on country, our youth programs, to bring back that traditional knowledge and preserve it and, and spread it back out into the community is a big um, adaptation process for us to make sure that we're able to bring through that traditional knowledge about country so that we can start caring and adapting to the changes that are coming. 
And with the extremes in weather uh, that we are experiencing, uh, has there been any discussion within this group? Because this is pretty amazing. You have uh, traditional owners from all over Australia in Cairns at the moment as part of this meeting and this discussion that's happening. So hats off for arranging for something like that. But with the discussions, are they looking also at solutions or just trying to arrange it so they can cope with those changes in the future? Absolutely, looking at solutions. Um, I suppose for us as First Nations people, having some sort of um, influence into climate policy is a really big thing for us. And coming together as national groups, uh, we all come from very different countries with very different issues across country. But sometimes there are things that are very similar we can learn from each other also. So that's a big part of um, us coming together as a national group, but also putting together a national voice for First Nations people about climate change and about, you know, what we want, what we see the priorities are, what we would recommend in dealing with some of these issues um, and how we can try and mitigate or even, um, you know, um, minimise some of those um, impacts as well. What I, think so, is yeah, also, yeah, what I think is also beautiful is not only that, you are working in with the scientists of the CSIRO because they are also very, very interested in uh, what you have to put forward as as a First Nations people. Yeah, that's the amazing thing, working with CSIRO and all the scientists. They've really been able to provide a solid foundation of climate change predictions, um, climate change records, um, and really give us a clear um, indication of what's happening with our climate at the moment. So that's now being able to inform us on what we want to do and what we need to address on our in our individual community. Because when we were just talking just before we went to air, when you were discussing that and the meetings you've had already in Cairns over the last couple of days, you've also had the chance to uh, possibly uh, go out and explore some of the amazing areas that we've got here. You were saying that you even was were able to swim with a green turtle yesterday. Absolutely. I'm from um, Shark Bay over in WA, Mulberna country. Uh, we have turtles and dugong over there too. So being able to come all the way over here and meet up with the green turtle was very, very exciting for me. Um, we're over at Green Island doing some snorkelling over there. So it's been a real honour to be um, welcomed by the traditional owners here and being shown around on country. And what has been the atmosphere like with the meeting of all these people? Because the experience behind uh, the elders that have come here and also that are those that have education also, it must be an amazing experience. Yeah, it is. It's really interesting. It's, um, it's something that I suppose us as Aboriginal people, um, we're kind of used to the whole doom and gloom sort of stuff going on. Um, but we always have that connection to country, that responsibility to country, that brings through that strength and that hope as well. So, um, you know, as First Nations people, we're in, integral to dealing with climate change and having and being part of that conversation. Um, so having the support of the CSIRO scientists is an amazing, empowering um, experience that um, First Nations people are really grabbing hold of and running with. So uh, very, very quickly before we go, because we are starting to run out of time here, when you're taking a look at the future and you've discussed, I suppose, future projections or anything else, is there anything that you are seeing which really stands out, which can be, I suppose, uh, mitigated or eased with the involvement of the First Nations people? Um, yeah, I know with um, in my country, you know, there's some changes that 
are happening. There are changes that we um, are not sure if we can control or have any impact on. So we're looking at different adaptation methods as well as trying to educate our community to be able to come forward and have that voice so that as a, as a community and also as a wider community, including non-Aboriginal people, so that we can start really looking at the simple simple um, idea of, you know, leaving a little footprint gives us a big future. It so sounds... that's basically what we're trying to work together and make sure that we make people aware of the changes on country and how we can, as individual people, um, try and minimise that. And I think it's very, very good to see that uh, the worries or the things about climate change is involving not only yourselves, but I'm also seeing something similar with First Nation peoples of other countries also doing these very, very similar symposiums that you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. And it's really, um, we're really excited that we may be able to link into some international conversation in Indigenous people and climate change as well, um, because I think, you know, um, yeah, Aboriginal people are integral into that conversation. And looking at it on a global scale, it really does give us hope that Aboriginal people, Indigenous people are out there looking at these issues, looking at them in our individual communities, but also looking at them on a global scale as well. It sounds absolutely fascinating. I wish I was there to be with you because it looks like I think some of those talks would be great. Uh, Bianca, I also know that you're running out of time yourself because you've got to uh, initiate a, uh, a greeting very, very shortly. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Have a good day. Okay, you too there. That is Bianca McNair and talking about what is happening in Cairns right now with the meeting and symposium of First Nations people and CSIRO scientists regarding climate change. In that, it's all happening in Cairns.